do you know the difference between convector heaters and oil heaters? With the benefits and the disadvantages, at least. Which one would you get, basically? What's good enough for Sir Michael? Oh, I don't know. I don't know. I mean, in my bedroom, the air conditioner has been replaced, so it doesn't have any heating function. But in the rest of the flat, I have reverse cycle air conditioners, so they can heat. And I guess they are going to be closer to a convector heater. Do you have an electric blanket? No, I just put on more clothes. (laughs) In fact, I didn't even realise the air conditioners had a heating mode until this year. So in all the previous years in Hong Kong, I have literally just been at home wearing outdoor clothes indoors. Your ski jacket. Yeah, my ski jacket. I'm, I'm literally just, I get home and it's actually colder inside than outside. And I just put on more layers and a blanket. And I'm just sat there like swaddled like some sort of cocoon on the sofa. Until this year when I discovered that <laughs> I have reverse cycle air conditioners. And I was like, oh, I'm such an idiot. It's been five years of me sitting here <laughs> like a moth. But we were saying something else was how how we're really inclined to slum it. Well, you, and you can't now, and you're married. You have to live properly and, and not live like a student. That's correct. I heard you've been having monthly anniversaries. Yes. So the first, first month after our wedding, April came home to cook me dinner, and I totally didn't realise it was a month since we had been married. I was just joking that... You're setting the bar very high if you're having monthly anniversaries. So we did one month and then we did two months. And the second month we were away on honeymoon. So that was easy. I just booked a dinner. I shouldn't say it was easy. It was really hard work to book that dinner. And then third month, I thought, let's just do it. So we went to Amber. It's just a fancy restaurant, really. It's a very nice restaurant. It's probably the nicest restaurant I've been to in Hong Kong. It was unexpected. It was quite nice because the bar's too high now. She can't, she can't. She can't compete with... She probably will do if I she don't know. She's this. like, well, that was two stars. So how about a three-star Michelin restaurant for for the fourth month? And we'll fly you somewhere <laughs> if we have to. When you said fly somewhere, I was just thinking, I'm not going to cook it, but I'll <laughs> it from Zanzibar. You know what I'm thinking? No? No. Okay, I, I, won't, I won't actually give more detail. <laughs> but there's a lot of this, though. There's a lot of, like unwritten rules and you have to sort of it's a merry dance trying to work out the expectation what the expectation is and setting it but but you're predicting that one of the rules is you have to have heating you can't just say put on more clothes love no i can't say that the most important thing this week is i got flowers for the first time in my life i got flowers <laughs> because my wife doesn't like flowers but i like having them around so she bought me some done <laughs> you said you wanted to buy her flowers for the anniversary or well, generally and she was just like i don't do flowers yeah i've been trying to buy her flowers every valentine well not every every being only two <laughs> i wasn't even gonna bring this up but okay yeah all two of them so she's now buying you a dozen red roses no that would just be too much but yeah flowers i like having them around i like buying them but she won't take them so this is what this is what happens. No, it's not, it's not important. Okay, I want to talk about Earthbound. Welcome to Lost Levels Club. <laughs> Welcome to Lost Levels Club. We have here today Sir Michael. Hello. And myself, Tingathy. Yeah, let's go with that. We introduced. That's it, right? Yeah, that's it. So we're a book club for games, and the book club game is Earthbound. So as we said last time, acquire Earthbound. I hope you've acquired Earthbound through completely legal means. 
What are we going to say about Earthbound? Why? Why did you choose Earthbound? You've been talking about Earthbound for quite a while. Yeah, well, we said backlogs, and this is a game that has been on my backlog, because I have wanted to play it for some time. How long is some time? So, if you go all the way back to when I first got a Super Nintendo, which is going back quite a long way now, and this predates... Well, it doesn't really predate the internet as a thing, but it predates me having any access to the internet, certainly. How do we get games news back then used to buy magazines? Yep. And I had recently switched to buying a Super Nintendo magazine called Superplay, which I really, which I really liked. It was really interesting. It had lots of stuff about not just Super Nintendo games, but like video game culture, Japanese culture, stuff that you didn't really get exposed to so much. I mean, if you, if you think pre-internet, how do you find out about these things? I mean, there was literally no way, especially if you lived in like, Winners. I mean, where the hell is Winners? So, RPGs didn't really make it to Europe. Even when they were translated to English, which didn't always happen, they would often release them in the US because that was a big market for video games. They wouldn't release them in the UK because the UK was considered part of Europe. And if you're going to release it in Europe, you've also got to translate it to French and German and Spanish and Italian. And all that. It just wasn't worth it for them. At least that's how they thought back in the day. So I would be reading about all of these RPGs, like the, all the Final Fantasy games, for example, but none of them were ever released in the UK. And I really, really, really wanted to play all these Japanese RPGs. I eventually did, through the power of emulation, have a PC powerful enough to play stuff like Final Fantasy, Chrono Trigger, and played those. But then found out a bit later about some really weird and quirky game called Earthbound. And what was Earthbound? It was like Japan's take on America. You hear a lot about cultural appropriation these days. It's like a hot topic, isn't it? About how, you know, the West is just appropriating Eastern culture and like very insensitively samurai and ninjas and whatever. It's like, but you're not respecting it. It's not what it's really like. But this game really is just totally appropriating US culture. It's it's really weird. It's like a Japanese person's impression of what small town America is like. So this was a very hyped game that, again, never made it to Europe. But it, And it was an RPG. And I, I had at this point decided that I really enjoyed playing these RPGs. But this was something really different. It wasn't high fantasy, the end of the world and magic and demons and dragons. It was... You're a small kid with a baseball bat, but you still got to save the world. It's set in some crazy pastiche of America, a Japanese person's idea of what America is like with hamburgers and rockabillies and hippies. And I guess the other thing is we've played Undertale. I was going to say recently, but a year ago now. Yeah. And... Earthbound was one of the major influences for Undertale. So, if you enjoyed Undertale, Earthbound is what inspired Undertale. Uh, I, I don't know what more to say about it than that, other than that it has been on my backlog for a long, long time. I have played it previously, but didn't finish it. So, the last time I tried to play it was when I was at university, which was 
more than 10 years ago now. Why is it taking so long? That's a very obvious question, I feel. My backlog just grows infinitely. There's, there's more games coming out than I can play. You like playing new releases, I know that. Yeah, because I have my, you know, I have my backlog. I think you, you tried to make me, like, list the games that I wanted to play. And I had a go at it, and I came up with this list of, like, almost 100 games that I hadn't played that I wanted to play. But the problem is that when I've finished with a game, I don't look at the list and pick the next game off the list. I'm usually like, oh, I quite fancy playing Civ 6, and I'll just buy Civ 6 and play it, for example. I mean, I haven't bought Civ 6, but that's the sort of thing that happens. But that's the right thing to do. I mean, you're enjoying your hobby there. Yeah, so things, things tend to come in at the top of the list rather than coming in at the bottom of the list. So Earthbound has been on the list for a long, long time, and I've never quite got around to playing it. And finally, it is available globally. Well, it's available in Europe now on the virtual console on the Wii U. So there is a legal way to play it in Europe that doesn't involve buying a, an American Super Nintendo or buying an adapter or this palaver you used to have to go through. Yeah, I mean, it's a shame. It's still not very accessible. In Japan, they actually released a compilation cart, I think, of, is it Mother 1 and 2? Was it Mother 2 and 3? Essentially, Earthbound and Earthbound 2. Okay. Because there is actually a sequel to Earthbound as well that was never released in the West at all, not even in the US. And there's a fan translation patch of that. Again, I really wanted to play that, but I feel like I should play Earthbound first. Okay. So this time around, rather than doing the whole game in one one go, we're going to break it up into four chunks. So the first checkpoint we're going to hit is the cave to Lilliput Steps. Yep. So that's after the you go to. Oh, I don't know how. Don't want to make it too spoilery. That's enough, isn't it? I don't need to say what you've done by that stage. I don't want to re- reveal too much. Okay. So we're playing up to the cave to Lilliput Steps. You're not yep. supposed to go through the cave. You're just playing up to that point. Is that right? Yes. That's right. And then me dredging it out of my memory, I told you I had made it to Foresight before. but So I've actually played past this point. Yes, you have. Okay. I, I don't have my save game from the last time I tried playing it, unsurprisingly. So I will, I will also be starting again. Sounds like you've forgotten. I've totally forgotten. I don't remember this place at all. Yeah. So play Earthbound up to the Cave to Lilliput Steps. Yeah, we'll talk about it. And we'll talk about it. I have lots to talk about already. Really? <laughs> yes. <laughs> okay. This is all new to me. Yeah, because I could talk about what I remember about it from 10 years ago, but it'll probably be totally wrong, so it's probably best to save that till... Yeah, till you're getting time. stuff from last week wrong. Yeah. <laughs> that's, that's an exaggeration. Yeah, but I've told you at least why I picked this game. Yep. Or why I remember picking this game. I mean, it's been 10 years, who knows. Okay, good. So next up is, we want to, I mean, it, this news isn't so new anymore, but it's very relevant to, I feel it's very relevant to the both of us. And this is Amy Hennig's interview saying that for a period of over 10 years, she had to work 80 hour weeks, working seven days a week. It's a conscious choice that she made in her career and that it's a necessity in the games development industry. I think it's just an excuse to talk about our attitudes to work, maybe. 80 hours is a lot. That's a lot because that is 12 hours a day would be only 60 hours so you're finding another 20 hours i guess if you work on the weekends too that would take you up to 80 if you did 10 hours on each weekend day and 12 hours in the week or if you did 10 hours on one weekend day and 14 hours during the week i don't know i mean these are long days that's a lot 
Would you ever be committed enough? I mean, if you, if I gave you a game designer role somewhere, would you be, would that fulfill you enough to work 80 hours a week? Yeah, I, I can tell you that I have worked 80 hour weeks on things that I totally don't care about. Well, I obviously do care about getting them done, but I have, you know, I find the actual subject matter deathly boring and I have worked 80 hours to get it done. What if it was something you cared about? So if I cared about, maybe, maybe I wouldn't think of it like work. Maybe I would be okay. I don't know. I mean, but it seems like a lot. It does seem like a lot. Uh, how about you? I mean, what do you, would you do that much? Oh, they went through a stage of my life, maybe five years ago. I used to talk to my friends and say, oh, we could earn a lot of money if we were willing to sacrifice our time. But the reality was we couldn't sacrifice our time. We didn't want to. It's just too hard. I mean, we've both watched Indie Game the movie. So we can see how far to the edge they're pushed. And would you ever want to put yourself in that position? Especially if the reward isn't guaranteed. Because I did have that iPhone game on the App Store many years ago. And to make that, I did do a full day's work at my day job. And then come home and then do another, you know, six to eight hours on the game. Uh, this is only for, this is only for like a couple of months. But even back then you were sleeping at stupid o'clock. Yeah, I was sleeping. At, I've always slept at stupid. I've been sleeping at stupid o'clock since I was like 17. So we, for some reason I've believed it to be a new thing, but I shouldn't try to fight it. No, this is, unfortunately, this is just how I live. This is just how I live. For the brief moments when I've managed to get my sleep, pattern under control i have become like super powered sorry go back so you were working on this thing six to eight hours in the evening i think so yeah i was working i mean no it can't have really been six to eight hours but it must have been i was i was definitely doing several hours on it in the evening as well and weekends too like learning how to use unity learning how to use blender i, I remember having all the code written for like the actual core game logic in probably like a day or two because you know the coding bit was relatively easy because that's my day job that's what i do probably took a bit longer to find all the bugs and quash all the bugs but the thing that took a long time was yeah learning to use unity all like these animation transitions learning to use blender because i knew nothing about that sort of thing and this is like a really lame looking bejeweled type game i mean it's just a load of cubes but all of the you know everything i had to do from scratch so this isn't available on the App Store anymore. No, not anymore. It's not been available for like five, six years. Yeah, this is like a great time to plug it. But... No, no, no. It's it's long gone. I do think about trying to make something again every now and then, like my Mario Maker Maker, but it's it's really hard, actually. You do have to put a lot of time in and a lot of continuous time in because the context switching will, will kill you. You have to... I mean, I mean, that's something I think we said we'd talk about another time, but I generally... If I've only got half an hour... I generally won't try and do something that I consider needs concentration, which means that for a lot of games, I won't play them just for half an hour. For things like writing a game, I won't do it for just half an hour. I'll just watch a YouTube video instead. But I think that... Or, may, or many YouTube videos. Or many YouTube videos. But I think that's actually my problem. I think uh, that's the wrong decision to make. So after your stint of six to eight hour evenings of work, what was the feeling afterwards, right? Was it a sense of achievement, fulfillment? Yeah, I mean, it was a sense of achievement. Obviously, I did, I did enjoy it. And I think maybe if you do enjoy your work, maybe working 80 hours a week is actually okay. I mean, we've said 
I guess like my strength and my weakness is the whole crushing it thing. Like, no, I'm going to get this done. You know, this is unreasonable, but I'm still going to get it done. And I weirdly enjoy just dealing with these car crashes at work and fixing them. That's what I do. But what would it be like doing that for 10 years? Because I'm not doing it continuously. You know, there's obviously gaps when it's not like that. Doing 80 hours a week, doing constant crunch. I, it just sounds terrible. It sounds terrible. At first it was like, oh yeah, that's not so bad. And then I thought about it. And it's like, no, that's actually really bad. So there's no work you would, if you had something on you, like if you could have your name on a box, Sir Michael's <laughs> Mario Maker Maker, would you do 80 hours or 10 years and have a franchise? It would be a franchise. You would have five of them. It's it's a funny question to ask now, because if you'd asked me when I was 22 or something, would I give you a different answer to now? I mean, 10 years from now, it's a long time. I'm going to be old. 10 years from 10 years ago. Oh, yeah, sure. Whatever. <laughs> I don't know. Well, would you? Would you? Same. It's the same answer. Because I remember when I started working, no one, let, let's start with this. No one ever tells you to work harder. That pressure to work hard is always imposed on by yourself or by myself. And everyone t- reminded me it was a marathon, not a sprint. Which we're still coming to terms with that it's, we're not even halfway through our working careers. Oh, jeez, yeah. Well, I, I remember being told, I, I remember reading about people who say, I regret I worked too much in my 20s. All I did in my 20s is work. And now, obviously, in my 30s, I look back and realise all I did in my 20s was work. And it's like, oh no. I was one of those people after all. But you can you can address that and rebalance it by just quitting. <laughs> Not literally. Well, because uh, again, it's the same thing. We've been working for, well, more than 10 years now. And I'm just thinking, wow, can I really do another 10? How many people, I mean, people work for like, what, 40 years? That leaves almost 30 to go. This is outrageous. I'm not sure I can sustain this for another 30 years. It's terrible. But hopefully in that 30 years, you, you'll have won the lottery. You're so committed to that cause. <laughs> to, to winning the lottery, yeah. I didn't win last week, I can tell you. I did buy a ticket, though, because it was a mega rollover. <laughs> how, mu- how much was it? 80 million. Is it rolled over again? No, no, no. no. That's cool. it? Yeah, that's it. So you wait till the absolute last rollover before you turn up. No, in Hong Kong, in Hong Kong, okay, getting into this, in Hong Kong, every few months they have a jackpot, a special jackpot, and they'll, they will put into the prize pot, like a mint, to make it a minimum 80 million. Are you part of a syndicate? No, I just buy one ticket. I'm only buying one ticket as well. I don't actually expect to win the lottery, obviously. That's why, that's, that's why you don't win the lottery. And that is why you fail. Win or not win. That is the, or whatever Yoda would say. Do or do not, there is no try. Exactly. Win or win not, there is no buying one ticket. <laughs> I'm satisfied. So we're not, you know, we're lazy mofos basically now, but not 10 years ago. I don't know. I don't know. I'm still, I'm still working. I think I still regularly work. Well, actually, no, you're right. I'm not really working 14 hours a day, am I? I'm, I'm probably working more than 10. More than I'm working like ten to twelve, I think, on an average day. Do you count your lunch break as work? Do you work during your lunch break? 
Yeah, you're right. I am counting my lunch break. I'm, I'm thinking hours elapsed at the office. Hours elapsed at the office. Because, you know, that's what it cost me, really, in my life. I suppose the company probably doesn't see it that way. <laughs> the problem is you use the verb cost. It's not a cost. It sounds like there is no nothing to be gained by being in the office. Well, I think it's funny because we'll shortly be in the same office. Or not, because you might leave the office. <laughs> Who can say? Oh, this is a, a great, great, great event that we had in the last few days. Oh, this, this whole, it's happening. It's happening. It's, I can't believe it. It's like, it was always just, it's tomorrow, it's tomorrow, it's tomorrow. And then it finally actually happened. So it's almost on a, like a regular 6am. It's like, it's today, guys. It's today. I can feel it in my balls. <laughs> and it never happened. But it really did happen. So we're talking about the, the new Nintendo Switch, which I wish was a better name, but I'll come to terms with it soon. So it wasn't, it wasn't a press event. It wasn't a press meeting. It was just a trailer released i guess it was on youtube like i don't know if there was a website backing it i I watched it on twitter okay so it was 10 p.m our time which was 10 a.m new york time let's talk about how we first came across the video i was there maybe 10 10 02 04 i was there pretty much on the dot i was sat on their twitter page waiting and then hit refresh at 10 and then watch the video i messaged you straight away probably so what did you think? We can talk about it. What did they reveal? What did they reveal? I think it's funny because they revealed what everyone expected. There were there were actually no surprises. I think the most surprising thing was that it was exactly what people expected. The predictions for the Nintendo NX were that it was a hybrid portable console. So it would be your home console, but you could also take it with you. There were many, many, many discussions and theories about how this would work because is the base unit more powerful and it has to downgrade the game when you pick it up and take it on the go? What's the battery life going to be like? Because if it is like, if it does have good graphics and high, you know, a high definition screen and all this stuff, the battery life is going to be garbage. How's that going to work? So everyone was predicting that the games had to be written in a very scalable way. And that's a lot of effort for the devs. And then you're back into the same hellhole that you've been in the past few generations where the Nintendo console is totally different to everyone else's. And the devs have to put a lot of effort into writing just for Nintendo, which they're not going to do. And so it has no third party support. So these were all the things people were saying. And they were just hoping that Nintendo had some magical, magical solution to all of this. And then the trailer kind of makes it seem like they do because it shows him playing Skyrim Special Edition with all the bells and whistles at home. And then he goes and just picks it up and pops out the dock and he takes it with him. And it's just the same, except maybe the frame rate is a little bit lower. It looks like it drops from like 60 FPS to 30 FPS or something. That might just be me. It might all be in my head. I don't know. But they haven't really explained or shown anything because it transpired afterwards that they said, actually, Skyrim is not confirmed for the Nintendo Switch. None of the games they've shown on there are confirmed for the Nintendo Switch. Well, let's talk about it. So it's, you can, there's a dock, you can detach it. The controls are, was it hooked in either side? Yeah, you can slide in, they call Joy-Con, these left and right 
the halves of a controller and you can slide them in either side of the screen. So when you undock the console, you can take the controller, Joy-Con controllers off. It's pretty much an iPad mini with two controllers bolted on the side, which is actually what everyone was predicting. It, ev- the predictions were basically exactly right. I mean, that's the most surprising thing. They had no surprises. And you can take it with you and use it like a portable console with a big screen. Or you can slide the Joy-Con controllers out and prop up the screen. And then you can play it like a portable a portable console. And play it on the plane. And play it on the plane, yeah. Or well, except you, except you probably can't because they're going to be like those wireless controllers are transmitting devices, so you can't use them on the plane. Sorry, sir. And I'll be like, it's not as if it's a Note 7. Come on. But You could hide your controller under the tray. Hide your controller under the tray. That'd be fine. They should just be less uptight about transmitting devices. They'll let, you use, they'll let you use Wi-Fi on a plane now. So hopefully they're just less stupid about this stuff. It'll take cartridges. Yes, it will take cartridges. I guess, which makes sense. If you think, well, actually, cost-wise, though, does it make sense? I mean, a Blu-ray holds, what, 50 gigs? Yep. An SD card can hold 256, like it's no big deal. But an SD card that holds 256 gigs is quite expensive. But they're saying they're targeting 16 gig. They being the rumours. Yeah, a 16 gig SD card is cheap as chips. I mean, even 64 gig SD cards are pretty cheap, so. What else? What else was revealed? One thing I thought was funny, the three minute trailer, which we've seen, it's all young adults, late 20s, early 30s, using this thing. So that's clearly who they're targeting it at. It's not like, it's a kid's console, yay, let's play five and six-year-olds. It's very much, hey, disposable income people, have a Nintendo Switch, why don't you all buy one? In a way, it's what I asked for. No wiggly-waggly motion controls, no touchscreen. But I also sort of pointed out that it probably does have a touchscreen because none of the actual footage was showing real hardware. They were just literally plastic shells. And... They composited all the video on afterwards. So it would have been very hard for the actor to pretend to be using a touchscreen and then have to composite the video around their hands. That's probably the reason why they didn't have any touchscreen stuff on there. But you also had a counterpoint to that being how would you play a touchscreen game whilst it's docked in? Yeah, while it's docked, I'm not sure how you'd do it. But then the the thing is, a lot of it depends on how this really pans out because you know, if this really does catch on, and a lot of that's going to depend on stuff like the price and what games are on it and, you know, how there's... What, what's the social impact of this going to be? By that I mean, is it just going to be the one nerdy guy like me who has one? Or is everyone going to have one? In the same way that if you've got disposable income, most people have a tablet of some sort. You know, you, you'll have an iPad, you'll have an Android tablet, Will everyone just have a Nintendo Switch? And if everyone's got their own Nintendo Switch, then you could have one docked and you could have one to use the touchscreen on, you know? Can you pair them? Can you just have a load of Nintendo Switches talking to each other? Not only were you talking about households with having two screens, you were talking about households having two docks as well. One for the bedroom and one for the lounge. You could imagine if it gets really popular... It's an interesting conflict, I guess, for me as well, because I'm thinking like back to when I was young... And I guess we didn't have vast sums of disposable income. You know, we would have one Game Boy and we just had to share. But then 
I saw, you know, other people's families and indeed us as I think we got wealthier or whatever. You know, by the time we got to the Game Boy Advance or Nintendo DS era, we just all had a DS. Like my whole family, we've all got DSs and we just randomly were playing Mario Kart together and stuff. And you could imagine it might be a similar thing. Maybe everyone in the family is going to have their own Switch. And maybe you'll have a whole bunch of docks. If you can buy the docks separately, maybe you'll just all have them and you'll be playing around the dinner table. Wow, we don't have to talk to each other anymore. This is a heaven. I'm kidding. I like conversation. But that's what I mean. In in Japan, for example, 3DSs are really popular. If you've got your 3DS and you go on holiday to Japan and you're just carrying it around with you, you get so many street pass hits. Whereas in Hong Kong, certainly, you get maybe one if you walk around all day carrying it. So that's the thing. How much is it going to catch on? What's the social penetration of this thing going to be? Did they show that same trailer in Japan as well? Is there a different Switch trailer for Japan? Or was that just globally the Switch trailer? I couldn't tell you. No, I couldn't tell you either. I've only seen that one. But it surprises me that there isn't a separate one for Japan. If I was still reading Kotaku, I would know. I don't think there is another one, because I'm sure that if there was a separate Japanese trailer, they would have put it on the Nintendo Switch subreddit, which I'm subscribed to. (laughs) So you know. Yeah, but I I find that interesting. I think that's going to be... One of the things, it's, it's like network effects. If everyone's got one, I think it becomes a much more powerful thing because as gimmicky and cute as it is, the idea of popping one up and you each take one of the sides of the controller, I don't think that's really going to be that much fun. It's really hard to use. Whereas if you've got, if you're like on a road trip and there's like a bunch of you in the car and you've all got them apart from the driver and you can all be playing mesh Wi-Fi networked Mario Kart together, that'd be fun rather than all trying to cram around that little screen in the back like they do in the trailer well at least if you had a pro controller you'd ha- and then you could have the two joy-con controllers it's not a suboptimal experience yeah i mean it's it's really early days i think it's very hard to tell and i think it is going to be a tough sell in a way because how much does an ipad mini cost an ipad mini probably costs considerably more than a switch is my guess but then does that mean the ipad mini is going to be more powerful than the switch it doesn't have a controller but upselling you on an ipad mini that can do anything and you can just get a bluetooth controller with it rather than i'm gonna have to buy this crippled tablet that is not as powerful as an ipad mini but it's the only one i can play nintendo games on but you don't it's really painful to play games on ipad mini though well it is because the controller's terrible yeah yeah so that's the thing so it's gonna be really tough i don't know i almost feel as though if nintendo was to make an android tablet Yeah, I mean, the thing is, we don't even know. Maybe this is their plan. What would you do if the Switch actually was an Android tablet? And it had the special hardware for the game cartridges and the Joy-Con and stuff. It's got lots of Nintendo proprietary stuff too, but it can also just run any Android app. You can watch Netflix on it and you can just dock it and play it on your TV as well. You can use the Joy-Con using the motion sense technology, like on the Wii for the Wiimotes. You can use that to simulate touches on the screen. So you can use the touchscreen when you're sat on your couch. What if that's what it is? That, to me, is a much more powerful proposition. Then you don't have to buy a tablet and a Switch. The Switch is your tablet. Yeah, that's quite impressive. You see, I think that would be a much better marketing strategy. But you see, the thing is, Nintendo's in bed with Apple. Nintendo demoed Super Mario Run at the Apple keynote. This is the thing. I can't see this happening, but I think that would be a much more powerful proposition. But I cannot see the Switch being an iPad but I can see the Switch being an Android tablet, just because of the way Apple and Nintendo both work. Which is a shame, because I think if it was, that would be 
a way more powerful proposition. But presumably it'll have Netflix and all the streaming apps, all the apps for streaming content to you. Yeah, I mean, at its core, it looks like it's an ARM processor and an NVIDIA Tegra GPU. So it is going to be very similar hardware to what you would get in an Android tablet. It's basically, was it an NVIDIA Shield? Yep. It's kind of like that. I guess the ultimate question is, are you hyped? Are you going to get it? If it's region free, I will buy one. I need it to have achievements. <laughs> so funny. I guess Nintendo doesn't have achievements right now, does it? Still doesn't. Oh, it's so funny. I guess I don't really play Nintendo stuff very much anymore because I don't have a Wii U. Yeah. It's funny. I, you know what? It really hadn't occurred to me that Nintendo doesn't have achievements right now. I don't know what the reality is, but imagine if they added achievements to all their virtual console games in an attempt to resell them. Yeah, there are many, many questions to be asked about the Switch. There are many, many, many questions. I mean, you bring up the virtual console. Are you going to have to buy all your virtual console stuff again? Surely not. Surely that's a reason for people to buy the Switch. I don't know, because you had to buy them again on the Wii U. Yeah, they've got to stop that. And are you finally going to have a mature account system, as in it's locked to your account, not locked to your physical device? Oh, let's, oh gosh, yes. I mean, there are so many questions. And internal storage. Will you be allowed to put stuff onto cards and save yeah. your games there? Will Expandable it... storage. Does it using proprietary stuff or is it using a standard SD card? I mean, yeah, there are many, many, many questions. But will you buy one? What will it take? What, what will it take? It has a headphone jack. I mean, look, they would have to, they would have to do something that actively offended me for me not to buy one. But you're an easily offended person these days. <laughs> yeah, I'm becoming curmudgeon like, get off my lawn! Damn kids and your cartridges. Yeah, I don't know. I don't know. If it's, re if it's region locked and your purchases are tied to that console, not your account, then that might make me think twice. But then again, I did buy a 3DS, which has exactly those problems, purely because I couldn't resist the next Zelda game. Well, the next top-down Zelda game. So, yeah, I really would like to buy one because I'd really like to play Mario Maker so I can play Call of Booty Black Rocks 2 and not a crippled DS version of Mario Maker. I'd like to play a console-quality Mario Maker on the go. Who knows, maybe I'll never sleep again because I'll get through my two or three hours of YouTube and then have two or three hours of Mario Maker and then by that point it'll be the morning. And then you'll die. <laughs> <laughs> and then you're Turns out you need sleep to live. Yeah, so I will probably get one. I'm expecting to buy one. This is saying this with no knowledge of the price or the specs or anything. It's like, oh yeah, yeah I'll probably get one. Will you? I need some. I need a reason to buy it. I need Breath of the Wild to be amazing. Of course, because you have a Wii U already. Yeah. Mm, so Breath of the Wild is not a selling point for you because you have an alternate means of playing it. Yeah. Hmm. I don't think they'll release anything for me. Yeah, there's no killer app. As far as I can see, which worries me. It's true. For all the games that I have said, you could play them on your Wii U or you could play them on your PS4. You've already got the coverage. So I don't know. 
what it's going to be for you. But we have these stupid things I've realised is that it makes sense to play games on the same platform as you if there's some sort of... Yeah, it's better playing with your friends. I mean, this is how we ended up buying Diablo 3 again because we all had it on PC, but for some reason we decided it would be more fun to play it on console because we're more likely to play together. So we all bought it again on PS4. So that worked out. It did work out, yeah. It's much more fun now. Yes, as you've already demonstrated, you've you've blazed past everyone already. I can't help it. I can't <laughs> help it. I tried playing... Sorry, this is getting off topic. Anyway, yeah. So You can't help it, basically. <laughs> I actually wanted to message you all last night going, oh, we're playing Diablo 3. So let's finish on. The next announcement is 12th of January. What do you hope to see? What do you hope will be revealed? What do I hope will be revealed? They'll say it's got an eight-hour battery life. It's got 256 gigs of internal storage. It's not region locked. Um, $350? Yeah, yeah. What I actually think they'll reveal is that it will cost about $300 to $400. $400 is going to be expensive. So I think it will probably be not quite as powerful as, say, an iPad mini. I think it will probably be... I think they'll probably say lots of stuff that will be a disappointment, basically. I think it'll have, like, three hours battery life tops. That'll be okay. Oh, tops sounds scary. Because if you think about it, the original 3DS had terrible battery life. That was also like one or two hours battery. It was something crazy. It was really bad. And I actually think the Switch is going to be the same. And then it's going to be like, do I buy a Gen 1 Switch or do I wait for the inevitable hardware refresh after a year? Do you think they'll do something interesting like sell replacement batteries so you can switch them in and out? I don't think there's room for a replaceable battery. If you look at it, it's so small. But will it it charge via USB? And can I just plug a battery pack into it? I mean, I don't know. That'd be good. So the thing is, if Nintendo has learned anything, they will have looked at the ecosystem of tablets and they will be trying to take the best stuff from that ecosystem. If they are being smart, as I said, they should try and say that this is not just a games console. This will just replace your tablet. This This is a games console that's a tablet rather than this is a game console and you need your tablet too. Do you think they will announce games? Yes, they're, they're going to have to... They, they didn't announce any games on this trailer, but they showed what looks like a new Super Mario 64-style Mario game. Yep. What looks like a Splatoon update, remake, sequel, half-sequels. Like, 0.5 upgrades are really popular right now, aren't they? So what looks like a Splatoon 1.5, a Mario Kart 0.5. So, who knows? Well, let's wait till January and find out, to find out. Yes, yes, yes. Yeah, I'm very interested. I'm very interested. I'm looking for a reason to buy one. They would have to do an iPhone-esque where bravely deciding that you can only play it with one eye. So this is your eye patch. There's DRM built into the console so that if you're not wearing the eye patch, it will immediately turn off. You know, they'd have to do something that level of crazy for me not to buy one. You know, I haven't had a Wii U, so I've missed out a whole generation of Nintendo games already. I think I'm in the same boat. I just need a, ge- a game to buy, and that's it. I'm worried it's all going to be weird third-party games for kids again. But uh, that's why I think they're trying very hard to advertise and go, it's for grown-ups. I wanted to say one more thing. I watched that trailer... How many times? I watched it on repeat for the first half hour. After the second time I watched it, I paced around the living room because I was so excited. And then I got worried because you weren't talking to me. So I, I, at one point I asked, where, where do you go? And you said you were talking to the 
to another group about it all. Yeah, I was talking to the Retro Games chat group. I mean, there's there's so much stuff that's come out of this. It's been really interesting. And that Nintendo Switch subreddit has had so much hype. They've been thinking about it so much. I mean, you showed me, you sent me something I'd actually already seen as well, because it was on that subreddit, about different controllers. You know, why stop with just those two standard Joy-Cons? Why don't you have ones themed after Nintendo consoles of the past or different kind of add-ons? Like you had in the old GBA cartridge days, you remember like Boktai, it had that sun sensor, you could have a sun sensor Joy-Con, you could have like a fishing reel Joy-Con, you could have all these little weird quirks you used to have, you could still do them, and you could, you just slide it into on the side, so, lots of possibilities. Can you, yeah, you can ask for a custom one with engravings, and colours, and your own, why not, your own button configurations. (laughs) I just like, I just want 16 A buttons, it's the best button, it's the (laughs) only button I need. I'm that good. <laughs> yeah, it's like only losers need the B button. I'm an A. I only want the A. On that splendid note, we're done. I feel like we could talk about this all day, but we just end up repeating ourselves. Okay, so we're done? We are done. We were Lost Levels Club. We still are Lost Levels Club. You can find us on email. Mike.and.ting at lostlevels.club. On Twitter. At Lost Levels Club. And to our disappointment, the subreddit has been revived. Yes, slash r slash Lost Levels Club. And, you know, I got a post on the subreddit. Someone posted. I was so happy. You can't contact us on any other way, can you now? If you know my phone number, you can send me a message. And if you don't, it's... <laughs> if you don't... <laughs> and if you don't, I'm not grade A under A, so I'm not going to tell you. Did I ask people to rate and subscribe to us on iTunes? Please rate and subscribe to us on iTunes. Thanks for all the reviews that have been left. Because I, I logged into the UK iTunes store and I saw there were reviews and I was so happy. I really want Mike to be happy these days. So please rate and subscribe to us on iTunes and leave something positive. That is it. That's it. Yeah. How does that make you feel? Um, Makes me feel like we should get another coffee. No, it makes me happy. I'm oh. very pleased. Oh, I'm good. very pleased. I'm satisfied with this episode. I don't. That, bit, that means it's going to be bad now. Because <laughs> whenever you're unsatisfied, it, it turns out quite nervous energy. When I when I just sing depressing songs, just singing, I'm just singing depressing songs into the microphone. Like I can't think of Morrissey songs. <laughs> I was thinking of Morrissey. sing me a Morrissey song. Just thinking heaven knows I'm miserable now. Do you know that? No, I know what Irish something. Irish blood da, 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 this I'm made for Morrissey's such a weird guy Morrissey's a nutcase he's better than the Smiths Have you seen Morrissey as Morrissey? What, what does that mean? Have you seen Morrissey? I've seen Morrissey live Oh you have? Yeah and on, he was on stage and he just bitched about Radio 1 for like 10 minutes he was just saying, so Radio 1 won't play my music and I was just like is this normal? Is this normal? Is it because he's he's more for Radio 2? <laughs> he's like, they say I'm more for Radio 2. And I was just like, oh, burn. It was, Radio 2 has more pop, is more popular though, has more listeners. I don't know. I don't, look, I don't know. And this was like 10 years ago now as well, actually. Goodness knows. He's still going, isn't he? Did you ever move to Radio 2? I never really listened to either of them, so. I, I listened to Radio 6 music. It's that hip. That's too hipster. Yeah, too hipster. Yeah, I used to listen to Radio Six music mostly because the Adam and Joe show was on it. Yeah, you're 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 yeah, you're too hipster for me. Anyway, bye bye. Bye. <laughs>